Welcome to another episode of the Idle Talk podcast. I am your co-host, Jacob. And I'm Peyton. So the next couple episodes, we want to do something pretty fun. Uh, now that we're coming off of just watching season one of Survivor, something we wanted to do that we thought would be pretty cool would be comparing season one where it all started to the most recent season of Survivor, season 45, that we just watched last fall. And specifically, we wanted to break it down into the three main categories that Survivor is about, which is outwit, outplay, and outlast. So those three categories kind of define the three important parts of Survivor that all go hand in hand together in order for you to be a successful Survivor player. So we want to talk about those three categories specifically, how they've evolved and changed for the better or for the worse uh, throughout these 45 seasons of Survivor. And we wanted to start that off first by talking about the outwit category. Yeah. So, I mean, outwit, outplay, outlast, they're kind of the the three core pillars of, of what Survivor is. And each of those have changed over time. So we're kind of going to take a, a bird's eye view at Survivor as a whole and really look at, like, as if you're, you know, a, a before and after picture. Before is season one, after season 45. We're not really right now worried too much about what's going to happen in the middle. That'll happen over the course of this podcast as we go on um, over the coming weeks, months, and maybe years. Uh, depends <laughs> on how much Survivor there is. It's it's a lot to we get keep through. going on in the future and stuff. But um, there's a lot of content there. But we'll dive into the granular stuff later. But right now, it's good to zoom out and take kind of a, a big picture look at it and how it was, you know, in 2000 with season one and then how it's in the end of 2023 going into 2024 yeah um season 45 so that being said like jacob said this episode let's focus on the outwit portion of outwit outplay outlast that way we can kind of get through uh all three of those and and give them each uh their own kind of moment to shine uh but maybe i guess let's start first by defining like all right what what are we going to determine what are we going to call outwit right now because wit plays a part in a lot of parts of the game plays a part in strategy plays a part in challenges in terms of puzzles or uh you know how you approach the challenge plays a part in uh you know i mean it's all strategy right but it's strategy whether it's like interpersonal relationships or uh bigger long-term kind of strategy tribe strategy as a whole or individual you know one-on-one and like there's a lot of things where you are outwitting people or using your wit um so how do we want to kind of narrow that down to like what we're going to discuss and focus on as far as outwit goes uh i think the way the best way to do is we probably talk about outwit as it pertains to like the game of survivor uh in terms of like the game that is made right is like the game that jeff probst made in season one and the game that they made in season 45 how they approach outwit not necessarily how people play outwit yeah um but how the game is built for people to outwit one another and then the same with outplay and outlast uh but I guess let's uh, let's kind of define that before we explore it more. Is like, all right, what what do we what are we talking about here when we say the outwit portion of outwit outplay outlast? Yeah, so I think a big portion of outwit is how the game dynamically changes throughout the season and how the players have to adapt to those changes. So mm-hmm. any twists that are involved, uh, people losing their vote people having immunity idols, playing around those things, mm-hmm. those dynamics that are 
introduced by the producers and meant to uh, cause the players to have to adapt and change to the situation. Mm -hmm. I think those are the primary aspects of Outwit and Survivor. Yeah. I think, uh, I would say especially now, right? Those are Outwit. Um, If we look at season one, what did Outwit mean in season one? Outwit meant... I think outwit just means being smarter than your other contestants. Yeah. It was it was vague yeah. in season one. It was very like it was just outwit, outplay, outlast, kind of catchy. You know? Like they knew they wanted outplay outlast. Let's do outwit too. Like that that'd be my thought. Is it wasn't like the core focus of those three. I think the original survivor was about outlasting. Like outlast if if you were looking at that, like those three words, outlast is all caps and bold. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's kind of outwit, out- outplay. Yeah. Out outlast is like really small font all lowercase you know the outwit bears a lot more so i think i think there's two parts to outwit there's like the what like the game mechanics that force people to think and be witty and outwit their opponents and how they respond to those game mechanics and then there's like outwitting them on in the vote as well yeah because the way voting works in survivor has changed and that's not uh necessarily because of the producers but the producers saw what happened in season one and how it made for a very interest, very interesting television program. And that's, that's their goal, right? They want to make interesting television that people will watch so they can sell ad spots, right? That's at the end of the day, that's what they care about. So whatever is interesting, whatever they think interests people and, you know, votes that are, you know, blind sides or interesting votes or strategic votes, people like that, whether you agree with it or not, it's interesting. It gets people's attention. So, it becomes a very central part of the gameplay. Uh, whether that was implemented by the producers or not, it was encouraged as they went yeah. forward. Yeah. For anyone who has seen season one of Survivor, it's very, very clear, and we've, we've said this before, that they were playing a different game from today's game of Survivor. It was the first time that this has ever happened. It was a social experiment, and it wasn't viewed as much as a game as it was a social experiment. And... The social experiment was, how would these people vote out one another? And so we see, in season one, a lot of interesting dynamics uh, in terms of how people want to vote. You have people voting with their conscience, keeping it a secret, and you know a tribal council where everyone gets a vote. Right? That does not happen in Survivor today. No, that's not. That never happens. The closest thing that happened was in forty-five, the council that Petura flipped on Jake. Where mm-hmm. there was, I think, four people who got a vote. That's yeah. the closest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it it just doesn't happen anymore. So, like, you have that happening. You have Sean voting in alphabetical order. Uh, that literally determined, like, was the difference between Jenna staying and leaving. Yeah, like, that kind of thing doesn't happen, right? It, the votes were not thought out, and they were not thought of as a strategic move. Voting was not, in the minds of everyone but the Toggy Four, a strategic opportunity. It was a, uh, I guess you could say, like a necessary evil of playing the game, a brutal requirement that they all had to do. Uh, they were forced to participate if, even if they didn't want to. You know, like that's kind of the way they all viewed it. And so I think we can see like that is the single biggest change from season one to season 45. I think like there's a lot of big changes, but I think that is the biggest change because that is a core mechanic of survivor and it is so fundamental to what makes survivor unique uh and honestly not even makes survivor unique but what what shaped how uh reality tv has been for the last 25 years Mm -hmm. like 
survivor doing that, that's what everybody else does now, right? Yeah, like Big Brother. Yeah. I mean, you look at anything like that, like it's it's very much, there, there's a voting, like a lot of times a voting mechanic, you know? That was kind of started here at, at Survivor. So I think that's, that's the biggest thing that has evolved and changed is that the very first episode of any new season of Survivor, alliances are going to be drawn in the sand right away. Yeah. Like in the season one, alliance was a dirty word. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I guess, all right, so I wonder, I got a question, Jacob. Do, in the context of season one Survivor, we put ourselves in the mindset of the people on this beach. They just showed up. Survivors never happened. Is an alliance playing dirty? In the context of that time, I mean, even knowing what I know now about Survivor, I personally don't think it's I agree. playing dirty. I don't, I, I, don't I, think, I think people are just going into it thinking, not knowing that it's a game. Like, people people at that time still called it a game. They say we're, some of them said we're playing a game, and I, like, Richard, he was playing a game, he didn't get feelings involved. The other mm-hmm. people knew they were playing a game, but still let their feelings get involved and let that influence their decisions. So I think the yeah. big issue comes is when people let their feelings get hurt because they were left out of the alliance, which that's just them not jumping on the ship when they should have. It's as well, terrible as it is. What What's interesting to me is that, I mean, the people that were claiming it's dirty, right, is, Pagong, is Pagong. The people who and were getting singled out. They, But the thing is, they could have just made an alliance. Like, yeah. And, and that's the thing where they were like so... And it's crazy against because... Against alliances that they didn't want to make one themselves to s- survive. Like, I don't... And because they they went into the merge five and five. Yeah. If the the five Pagong had mobilized and get banded together, Sean wasn't with the four. Mm-mm. He was voting alphabetical. And they didn't vote... The first person to leave the, the merge tribe was Gretchen. Mm-hmm. And Gre- Gretchen was not the first alphabetical. Yep. And so it was solely... Gretchen only went because the other people, yeah, just Gretchen voted for four votes. Yeah, she just straight up got four votes. And so the the if the Pagong Five had mobilized, they would have won the game. Yeah, and well, and that's something where they just they weren't thinking like that, right? Because they had played their whole game of just them on their island, right? When they were separate tribes, no alliances. I mean, there was an alliance from the beginning on uh, Toggy Beach. Yeah, like, they had always been an alliance, and then they stayed strong moving through. And so, like, I, 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 I don't think that it's playing dirty. Like, they I don't need it. But I, like, I see where they come, like, I kind of see where they're coming from. But I also think that if I was there and they said, you need to make it to the end of the game, it's for a million dollars, and you vote out, like, one person gets voted out every three days. And you know that your actions are directly going to determine if you go or you stay. But... It's not your actions that determine it. It's whether people want to vote for you or not. And so, I mean, it's just basic. It's just basic psychology and knowing like, there's strength in numbers. All you need to have are the numbers and the vote. Yeah. And it seems like such a basic thing, but it was something that I mean, Richard was the only one that saw that. And so it's crazy to think that. It's crazy to think like if Richard got voted out first, or if Richard wasn't on the season at all. Yeah. What would What would have happened? Like, would anyone else have dared? to suggest an alliance because alliance that was a dirty word that was i mean that was playing like it was viewed as playing dirty it was secret right it was a secret alliance it's it's like in my mind the way they viewed it would be like you're playing a board game right Mm -hmm. 
everyone's against each other. And this this is where I kind of see their thing. It's like, all right, everyone's against each other. But if you're playing a game like Monopoly, right, where you can eliminate people by bankrupting. Yeah, you can you can team up. You team up with someone, right? All right, so me and we're playing Monopoly with like three other people. Me and you have an alliance. It's 2v3, but it's two versus one versus one versus one. Yeah. We play together. We bankrupt the other one slowly, and then we just go at it. Yeah. And we guarantee that we have a 50-50 shot at the victory. Yeah. I can see, like, if I was on the flip side of that in Monopoly. And I can, yeah, I can see how. I can see that being like, okay, hey, y'all are like, this is an individual game. Yeah. It was not viewed as a team game. Uh, everybody, I think, was coming into it as an individual game. You can see that in their vote. But, I mean, you're in tribes, right? Like, I think they wanted it. Like, I think Survivor, they wanted this. I think they wanted alliances. Yeah. I think they they wanted social dynamics. I, they, had, they had to have known making the show the way they did. And, like, when they when they designed the game, I think they had to know that this was inevitable, that people were yeah. going to. I think that's what they wanted. Like I, I mean, they wanted drama, you know? Yeah. They, they wanted, because, they, I mean, we've said they, they want interesting tv that's what they care about they want tv that people want to watch yeah at the end of the day that's all they care about and then just kind of how that is in the modern era of survivor you wouldn't dream of going on survivor and not make alliances it's just, yeah you, you, you can't do it the second you set foot on that beach you're playing the second you take your stuff off the boat and you start building your shelter you are playing the game of survivor and honestly it's just a scramble to find who you vibe with, who you click with, who you want to play the long game with, and just hope that your numbers end up on top in the beginning. Yeah, it's it's a mad scramble to form alliances, uh, especially when it's tribes of, th- like, three tribes, small tribes. It's like, all right, you need to find an alliance here because you desperately need the numbers if you lose, and then trying to just not, you know, go to tribal, you know? Yeah. If you can avoid going to tribal, then you're good, but you've got to have a backup plan, and your backup plan better be having the numbers. Uh, and so, you I mean, you've got to find someone you vibe with. You know, don't piss anyone off. You know, you got to, like, it is, it is. you are playing the game. I, I would even argue you're playing the game before you ever step foot on the beach. You mm-hmm. know, if you're riding on a boat up to the beach or you're, you know, out on the boat before you're about to, you know, collect your stuff, when you're standing on that map with everyone and, and Jeff is interviewing you, you're already playing. Like, oh, yeah. like Emily kind of, she almost, she, like, tanked her entire game and, right away. In the first, in the, the first two minutes of the, the season. Because she, you know, started talking crap about Bruce, which, like, I mean, she was right. <laughs> and, you know, maybe we'll talk about that later. Bruce is, you know, Bruce is Bruce. Yeah. But it's one of those things where, like, I mean, they were playing the game before he ever said go. And that's something where season one, the game didn't start until a couple votes in. You know, like, people didn't start playing the game until a few, uh, like, a few episodes in, you know, yeah. at that point. So I think that that's a really big shift uh, in in voting, and that's like such a core dynamic of Survivor. But it would be silly to not mention the other part about wit, which is like the the strategy of uh, the rest of the game outside of just simply voting, right? Like things that impact the vote. Yeah, which has it evolves over time. Yeah, pretty significantly. But looking from forty five to one, it's night day. Yeah, it's not not even close. There's just so many more things that are present that you have to think about when you're voting. You have to think about splitting votes for someone might have an immunity idol. Mm-hmm. You have to think about people who have lost their vote, people who have extra votes, people who have steal of votes, the shot in the dark. So many different things that you have to delicately balance in order to have a successful elimination of someone that you're trying to get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
yeah, that you're you're juggling all of that, plus you're juggling a couple of alliances, plus you're trying to win an immunity challenge every other day. And you're trying to eliminate someone in a manner that they respect the move and you don't piss people off. Yeah, at least pre-merge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're trying to, well, and, and like pre-merge, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to eliminate people that keep you strong enough to win challenges, but you're also kind of, you don't want someone who's going to be a risk to you post-merge. Yeah. Which personally, I would always play pre-merge and post-merge differently. I like personally, I would say pre-merge, we go, we go after strength. I just, I know that's a lame way to play and it's not necessarily like the physically strongest, but whatever builds the strongest, most cohesive tribe. Oh, so yeah. Get out someone toxic, get out someone who isn't good at challenges, get out someone who doesn't vibe, whatever. You make your tribe as strong as possible when you have to uh, so that we can go win challenges as a team and get to the merge strong. And then let's start getting out the people that think you think will beat you at the end, mm-hmm. you know, or people that you want on the jury, you know, and not in the final three. But like people are balancing that part of the strat right away. People are like in season forty five, there are literally people talking about their final three in the first couple episodes. Yeah, there Survivor one. No one's thinking about that except for Richard. No, no one, no one's, thinking. no one thinks about who they want to sit with at the end. Yeah, not at all. And yeah, and that's the thing where like, I, I don't think it ever crossed Kelly's mind who she wanted to sit with at the end until she, until the last couple episodes. Yeah, I, I think it probably hit her a little bit earlier, but. She wasn't seriously thinking about it until she had to make that decision. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, Rick, I don't want to take Rudy. I'm going to take Richard. Yeah. You know, I think she thought she could beat Richard. But I mean, it's, there's just so much strategy. And I think let's, let's, I like, I like the way you laid out all the advantages and disadvantages um, that are currently in Survivor. And I, I think we both like can agree, like that's our biggest gripe with current state of Survivor. There's too, too much stuff going on. There's a lot of moving pieces. I think. I think moving pieces are necessary because they they obviously make for entertaining television when there's things going on. It, yeah, and it, I mean they keep things fresh season yeah. to season. Because I mean, obviously, like with this with this season, when there's nothing but the vote, it gets a little dry. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're accustomed to what Survivor is now, it can get a little dry. And so having all these different advantages definitely keeps it fresh. But then there becomes a point where it becomes too much, especially I think that was really felt in 45 mm-hmm. when there were so many different things that caused players to lose their vote. And I remember an episode where Emily put it very well. When you lose your vote, you are like essentially useless to everyone on that beach. During that time from the challenge until tribal, you basically have no conversations with people because you have nothing to provide to the conversation. So there's a delicate balance mm-hmm. for the producers to find where where is it enough to keep it fresh and challenging for the players and entertaining to watch for the viewers to the point where it becomes too much for the players and too much for the viewers to the point where they're just like, this is just too much. I don't want to watch it anymore. Yeah, I mean, there's a point where when you go into a confessional and they drop someone's name and they have like four items listed underneath it. They have yeah. a hidden immunity idol, a fake hidden immunity idol, a steal a vote, a lose, you know, or, and then they don't have a vote for the next three tribal councils or something, you know, like whatever. It, like that's too much stuff. It's, it's too, and, it's too many things. Especially in a season post merge when you have more tribal councils where someone can't vote, that you have tribal councils where everyone. That's where I'm just, 
I, I get where, when, when can we just have a vote? Yeah. And that's where, like, I think if we're looking at high level outwit, how it has changed from season one to season 45, I think that the vote actually sitting down and voting has maybe, it's weird, but I think it's lost its power mm-hmm. in a weird way where the vote wasn't ever, like, it wasn't even strategic in season one, but it was much, it was a more powerful moment. It had more weight on the game. But now, random things that happen in the game have more weight on what the outcome is than the actual vote. Yeah, you have you have Caleb who canceled out what was it, eleven votes mm-hmm. with his shot in the dark, which is insane. The fact that yeah. the fact that he could do a one in six chance. Every single player on the tribe has a one in six chance that if they're going home, they can be safe, mm-hmm. which is insane. Which honestly, like, I mean, that's not even my least favorite mechanic of modern Survivor. Like, I think it's, I, I think that's an, an okay mechanic. It's interesting. I mean, that's like one of the first times it's ever worked, or is it the first time it's worked or something? Like, it's the first time it's ever worked. There have been players who have been. I think there's been one other time where someone has been safe, but this is the first time where they've ever been safe, and they would have been the person that went home had they been. So they got to choose who went home. Yes. Yeah. So it's like it's crazy. Well, no, they didn't get to choose who. They went home because oh yeah yeah shot didn't, didn't, like, didn't get sure. to like, they, they revoted and Jay was the one who went home that's right yeah so I mean it's it's crazy there's a, a lot of stuff uh, there's so many moving parts and it's like uh, my, my thought is like ideally right someone watching the show watches from the first episode of a season right but if your show is so complicated that someone can't hop in halfway through and figure it out maybe it's a little too complicated. Because, like, even in, like, I think the golden age of Survivor, where there was, like, this transition from clue immunity idols to no clue immunity idols, like, that's kind of, like, the peak, I think, of Survivor. Uh, There was stuff happening and going on, but one or two people had immunity idols, you know? So it was very easy. If you hopped in in the middle of a season, you could, you'd pick it up all pretty quickly. They could give an update, you know, like Jeff Probst, in the modern seasons, he can't even fill you in before the episode. Like last time on Survivor, you know, there's so much crap out there, you're not even going to know it all, you know? And even if he does spit it all out, you're not going to remember that, you know? Like it's it's too much for, like it's too much for anyone to follow and keep track of, much less the pe- like if it's hard for us to follow with the editors editing it in a way to make it as easy as possible, how are the people on the island keeping track of that? How, you know, it's, it's too many moving parts and pieces in one component of the game. This this is just the outwit portion. And to the point, yeah, yeah, it's hard. And to the point where a contestant on Survivor has to be afraid of other advantages that people have that can counteract their advantages. For instance, in the last season, when Austin gave his idol to Julie mm-hmm. because he was afraid of the knowledge's power advantage, where someone could ask you if you have an idol, and if you say yes, they get it. Yeah, that he had to give an idol to Julie, and then that was the reason that Emily went home. Yeah, in my opinion, is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I personally, I really think like what I would really like to see out of Survivor, and as I mean, maybe it's boring now to do it, but I would rather Survivor go back to, you know, just the kind of classic immunity idol route. Mm-hmm. And okay, make them beware idols. Sure, I don't mind. You know, I don't idol. care if that's the case. You know. It makes it kind of like the pre-Russell Hans idols where you have, like, the clues to them sort of thing, right? And, you know, maybe there's, like, a challenge. Like, I kind of like where it's, like, kind of hard to get it and it's a little risky, you know, or, like, the birdcage or whatever, you know. Like, sure, that's fine. Let's do that stuff. But, but 
like just do that you know just just do the the idols yeah. right if you lose your vote in pursuit of an idol cool it's a ro- you're taking a risk getting a reward but when by episode three there are like 10 advantages out there it's too many mm-hmm. there should be i think if you're doing three tribes there should be three advantages in the game two tribes two advantages in the game at any point i think that's fair and then once you're merged maybe one or two i think also you know, Another thing they they could do to add an extra layer to the outwit that would keep it fresh is not necessarily make the idols so predictable because the contestants go out there and they get to their beach and they immediately know that there is an idol hidden somewhere. Mm -hmm. Not saying that they just need to take it away, but add some layer to where it's not automatic that there's an idol out there. I don't know what they do. And in in the same sense that when an idol is played, players know that the idol has been hit, hidden. Yeah, I mean that's the Russell Hans effect, right? That's what he did in, in changing the game. Was he was like, "There's an idol out there. Well, I, I'll just go get it. You know, like I'll just I'll just get the idol. Like I'm not gonna do the tasks and like follow the clues. Let's just find the idol. You know, and skip it all. You know, that was sort of like kind of his whole thing. So, yeah, I agree. My my, I think that the birdcage was a good attempt yeah i don't think it was right there it was it was a step in the right direction but it's like it is something where it's like all right if everybody knows there's an idol here let's just put that sucker in plain sight mm-hmm. you know that that's not a bad way to go about it i think there's other interesting ideas that they can do or what might even be more interesting is like what if we go back to no immunity idols what if I we just that... said no advantages no immunity idols? i think they should do that for season 50 regardless bones season. i think they need to just do a throwback make it like season one sort of thing um just Straight up strategy, no advantages. Um, it's not as fun that way, but maybe make it where you earn the advantages other ways that are more interesting, you know, not as uh, in the hidden, or maybe they are hidden, but it's not just like a go out and find the idol. Like, I don't know. It's mechanics that I've not thought through, and yeah. maybe maybe we sit down sometime and we come up with some ideas and we pitch them on this podcast to Jeff. Uh, but <laughs> He's definitely listening. Well, we'll get them on, you know. But so... I think, yeah, I, I just think you strip back everything. So, like, if everybody knowing there's an idol there, it's the problem. Okay. Say, there's no idols on the beach right now. Just say it. Yeah. There's no idols. Or if there is an idol, everybody knows it. Put it in plain sight. Like, I like that. I, I thought that that was a really interesting twist. Uh, it didn't really amount to anything. Um, I think that's partly because it was three tribes and not two. Like, I think if it was two tribes at the bird cages, maybe it amounts to something. Yeah. And if you take out the journeys and stuff, like, I don't know. There's just too much going on for that to be effective, but if that was, like, the thing, like, the shtick, or, you know, I'd love for them to go back to themed seasons, build the twist around the theme, and just do one one twist instead of ten twists. Let's just do one thing. The twist is the birdcage. Cool. Whatever. That's this season. That's what we're doing. You know? Uh, I don't know how you, how you frame that uh, in an interesting season, but, yeah. you know, what, whatever it is. You know, I think there's ways to make it interesting, but I think there needs to be stepping back like kind of going back to basics um it makes me think of i don't know if you saw the news recently about fast and furious 11 uh where vin diesel said that they're going back to basics they're (laughs) uh throwing doing an homage to you know fast and furious one they're scaling back their budget to only uh, 200 million dollars uh so really small budget right there uh you know the creator was made with 80 a million dollars for reference and that was a low budget movie and look at what they did with 80 million dollars yeah so he's going back to 200 million but 
I say that jokingly is, uh, but I do think there's a level of, you know, going back to basics, scaling back, um, find like the core of what made Survivor so interesting in season one. Yeah. And in the outwit portion, I mean, it was, it was the vote. It was the dynamics. I do think it's the alliances find ways to be creative there. Like, yeah. how do they capture the magic, especially of, like, that golden era around heroes versus villains, you know? Like, that's kind of, like, universally agreed to be, like, one of the best seasons, if not the best. Mm-hmm. All right, how do we get back to there, besides the people who were there? Yeah. yeah I think there's a, a lot of interesting stuff. Um, how how do you think uh, season one changes if there's hidden immunity idols? Let's just say, like, class, like, not even, like, modern, just, like, classic hidden immunity yeah. idol, just hidden out on the island sort of thing. Honestly, I feel like people probably wouldn't play them super effectively because of the fact that the votes were so randomized in terms of the Taki Four just voted for whoever they wanted to vote out. So unless mm-hmm. the Pagong people were able to pick up on it and effectively play one, I really don't think they'd have much impact. Because um, I honestly don't think at that stage in the game they would have figured out the concept of splitting votes because I don't think the concept of splitting votes happened until someone successfully played a hidden immunity yeah. idol. To I'm interested. I'm interested to see what season that's going to be. In. Yeah, I'm sure I could Google it. I, I don't. I don't know what season it is either, but I know that's what happens. That someone effectively played an immunity idol, and they sent home someone from the majority alliance, and so then people are are like, "Oh crap, we need to split the votes." In case someone has an idol so that mm-hmm. if they do play an idol, then our plan B goes home, yeah. not do one you, of our members. Do you think that, like, if, let's say they show up on the island and immunity idols are a part of the game from the beginning, do you think the vote becomes more strategic in season one? Do you think that they're thinking about, like, the way they think about the vote changes? I honestly... Like, I or honestly, do you think they still approach it from that same kind of, like, vote your conscience thing knowing the knowing the first season i feel like if someone found a hidden immunity idol they would just immediately play it because they wouldn't know <laughs> yeah they i agree know how i think they might it. yeah i think they would just get it and then they would just say oh here i found this i'll i'm just going to choose to be saved yeah i think there's a really good chance that that would happen i but i part of me also thinks that maybe it depends on who finds it but if yeah. they find it the thing is though is like they weren't even allying themselves like outside of the four because like I mean, if Jervis finds it, I mean, he probably keeps it a secret, but it's like, when does he choose to play it? Because he's not organizing votes with anyone. Yeah. They think that an alliance is bad. But if the, you know, if the Tika, not Tika, yeah, Tika, right? Toggy? Toggy. Yeah. I don't know why I was, Tika. <laughs> Tika's 44. Yeah. I was back on Jam Jam. Toggy. Yes. Uh, If if the Toggy 4, like if one of them, found, like if Richard found the idol. Yeah. He I think he would absolutely strategize when to use that. Thing. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, but uh, they, I don't even think you'd have to use it. But you know, say Colleen found it, I think she'd just play it right off the bat. Yeah, I think she'd be like, uh, I want to be safe tonight. I yeah. don't want anyone to vote because they would see it as a, hey, you the guys deterrent. can't even cast a vote. Yeah, on. a deterrent. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think it would have drastically changed the game all that much. So then, off of that, kind of a more closing out question: mm-hmm. Would you it? If Survivor is just keeping down the route it's going, which it seems like it's going to for at least a few more seasons, probably until we hit season 50, where they'll probably do some more change, more drastic changes. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer the way that we've been going, where it's just kind of outwit overload? Or would you rather mm-hmm. have it bare bones stripped back, where really the only outwit is your alliance and where you're voting? I mean, I think that that is the outwit portion of Survivor. I don't think the 
twists and stuff. Like they they force you to be wittier, but you have to outwit everyone every day you're on the island. You know, because you're surviving a vote every time. I think the vote is such like a core component of what makes Survivor a cool and unique show and makes it, um, I think, just so interesting and engaging that I I would prefer no advantages and disadvantages, just straight up voting over the overload. Now, my preference preference is in the middle. Yeah. Let's go back to like season Yeah. That's that's the preference is that we get a middle ground because I think there like there's very clearly a strong middle ground in there, um, but I would I would prefer season one uh, outwit strategy over season forty five. I think I think it's more I think it's more interesting. I think it I think it makes for better television. I especially like when you have people thinking strategically. Like I just don't I I have a hard time imagining like the way season 45 plays out if there's no advantages yeah like it almost feels like it is the best i don't know if it's the best player wins even though because like i don't know the best player usually gets advantages yeah and that's part of what makes them the best play- like it changes what we view as the best player in survivor like richard hatch is the best player because he used relationships and people to get him to the end and then got the vote whereas like nowadays the strategy is that's part of it but another big part of it is finding idols and using them to your advantage or you know winning challenges using to your advantage either one you know usually both so it just kind of changes what makes a good survivor player yeah which is why i think they'll never go back to one because it's changed so much yeah to kind of add on to that especially since i think one of people's biggest gripes with season one is that it's boring because there's no nothing besides immunity challenges and the vote and then everything in between is just camp life it's yeah it's the outlast all all they're focusing on is just them surviving and there's not people aren't talking strategy there's no yeah getting into that nitty-gritty of what makes survivor survivor yeah it was about surviving the elements and not surviving people and so i think what would be cool and the fact that i'm something i'm agreeing with you on is i would agree i would rather have everything stripped away than keep going with what we're doing and overloading because also in this new era where alliances are so common and that strategy is always on people's minds, Mm -hmm. I think it would make for really engaging television knowing now how Survivor is played versus how Survivor used to be played. Because I think it will still be just as interesting seeing how people have to tackle getting really strong alliances because that's what it's going to take getting to the end with no advantages. It's going to take extremely strong alliances that won't be broken yeah i mean it's gonna take to win it's gonna take a toggy four like four that vote together every time no matter what and only break up kind of towards the end you know like it takes yeah it's gonna make alliances more necessary like they used to be like back in the early days of survivor alliances i think were more powerful than they are now because now one advantage can trump a whole alliance yeah um yeah, I think I think immunity idols are so critical to uh, what has made Survivor what it is that I don't think you can ever get rid of them. Yeah, um, I would prefer, like like we said in this hypothetical scenario, prefer early over current. But I do think if you can find a way to like make the hidden immunity idol very powerful, you know, like it needs to be. But you you just you know the one on the beach, like yeah. that's it. And figure out a unique way to do it. I don't care if it's beware. I don't care if they have to do 20 tasks to get it. Um, I don't, you know, whatever it is, whatever you think is best, whatever 
tests the best. I don't care. But like, I think you make it one good advantage and you build the game around that. I think that's really interesting. It's yeah. once you start bringing in all the other stuff, you dilute the power of an immunity idol. You dilute the power of the vote. You dilute the entire aspect of the outwit game. And I mean, you make the outplay uh, like very, very important, right? need to just win challenges and then yeah. it doesn't matter you just if you run the table and challenges you're good where like ozzy was always such like a didn't say obviously it wasn't as uh complicated a game then but it was just like if you can run the table you can win the whole thing yeah um which is why people feared him so it's like yeah i don't know i think you just dilute and it's too much and it becomes cumbersome tv and it just i don't know it gives me a headache to yeah. think about all that stuff so yeah i think there needs to be some level of backing off and getting back to what made Survivor cool, which I yeah. think Probst realizes. I think, yeah, I like think them bringing back the auction, yeah. them bringing back the tribe swap. They're they're realizing, all right, we need to bring back some of these things that were good mechanics. Um, we just need to fix them a little bit, tweak them a little bit. You know, yeah, they just need to figure out the advantages. Or, you know, maybe if if there's you know one immunity idol per beach, and we do the auction, okay, let them buy an advantage there. It's out in the open. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's an advantage. Yeah. Right right there on the table. That's okay. Yeah. It's all the hidden advantages that make it really stupid and hard and yeah. frustrating as a viewer. And I'm sure frustrating as a player. <laughs> yeah. I could I could agree with that. So on that note, let uh if any of y'all have opinions, uh if you agree with us, disagree with us, let us know. We'd love to hear what you think about the current state of the game and whether you think it should keep going like this or should be tuned back to the way it was or definitely need to find a middle ground let us know what your thoughts and opinions are on it we would love to hear yeah and i'm, I'm super curious and we'll, we'll probably make a whole video about it but i mean we anticipate that season 50 of survivor is going to do something different what do we want them to do in the outwit let's since this is the outwit episode what do we want the outwit portion to look like in season 50 and hopefully they do it in season 50 it carries forward to you know future seasons and makes a new generation you know yeah. air quotes generation of survivor so yeah, whatever, whatever you'd like, whatever you want to see in season fifty, what you think would be interesting, and we'll probably we'll we'll make an episode about our, our dream season fifty, and I think that uh, that that would be there's some interesting ideas there, but yeah, curious what what you want for the future of Survivor, particularly in season fifty when we expect some sort of a shakeup and a change. Yep, for sure. All right, thanks for listening. Bye bye.